0: This week's podcast brought to you by Wonky Bonnets. The other day, bringing our daughter home, hot day, had just finished one of her sports practices and she said something that I just felt was really profound. I haven't dug in deep to it why it's so profound, but I find it to be profound. And this is what she said, trying to decide if I'm going to go swimming because I want to swim, but I don't want to get wet.
1: Says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn up bit, but we all arrived intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.
2: I'm disappointed in the volume of your bonnet. <laughs>
0: Ah uh, yes, my my bonnet volume was was on fleek yesterday. I don't think people say that anymore. Um, they certainly don't say bonnet. Um, but I worked yesterday, and I was in not in the Bristol studio, but in the studio down in the Seaport in New York City, and uh, and a team of lovely women um, did my makeup and hair, uh, and I don't have any idea what the person used who did my hair but she had asked me she's like are you okay if I put product in your hair so usually they put a little hairspray and whatever So I said yeah of course and last night my hair had some um, volume to it and then this morning I went to touch it and it was disgusting it was so full of hairspray and whatever else they put in there and um we were gonna do this podcast thirty minutes ago or start it thirty minutes ago.
2: You asked me, you summoned me into the kitchen and asked me to feel your bonnet. I
0: said feel this feel my my bonnet. Like right? It was gross. It, it wasn't was, gross. It, it was, was nice. It was it, it was, was like a fluffy but it um, It was like
2: a like a lemon meringue cake, like an angel food cake. That's what it was. It yes, was sort it was of an, spongy. Yes. And-
0: but you would never have been I could not like put my fingers through the like the hair that, that's near my scalp. Like you couldn't even find a groove to put the fingers in if you wanted to do that or even for a brush it was just hideous i, attempted I mean it looked f- nice last night i attempted
2: but- for the first time in my life to run my fingers through your hair but i but i i, I dislocated one <laughs> exactly ran into your bonnet
0: exactly so that's actually funny that you say that because i'm going to come back to that but someone i said i'm going to go upstairs and spend five minutes i gotta comb this stuff out of my hair so five minutes turned into 10 minutes. And I was like, I can't I can't do this without washing it. So then I got in the shower, I washed it. I did three cycles of shampoo. Usually I, my hair is completely clean with just like shampoo and conditioner, I'm done. Three, I think I was, it might've been last week's podcast. I was um, bragging about how fast I can shower. Well, I just took one of the longest of my life just to get my hair, whatever was in my hair out of my hair. So I did three cycles of shampoo, couple cycles of conditioner, and the other day, maybe a week ago, I was planting some plants outside and um, digging through some dirt. Planting some what? Planting some plants. And I have a wonky pinky, my right pinky, because of dislocating when I play basketball. I got the, it's ugly looking and it's not. It works fine, but it's not. Um, it's it's not perfect. So anyway, when you're, I was if uh, I
2: can recap, you're planting plants with a wonky <laughs> pinky. Yes.
0: And so I was like digging through the dirt and I felt my pinky like kind of pop out and dislocate a little bit. And um, which it didn't feel great, but whatever. I I was able to it was able to get back in and it's it's just a wonky pinky. So but that was because I was like digging in dirt. Well, when I was trying to wash my hair, my pinky did the same thing. And it's because it's it was like digging in dirt it was you dislocated so your pinky lacquered together well it just not it wasn't as bad as when i was digging in the dirt before i planted the plants it just instead of like fully popping out and going back in it just went out a smidge you should
2: you should see if you should have left the product in your hair and and seen if you could uh, pop your pinky back in by by uh pressing against your wonky bonnet <laughs>
0: what what i need is the equivalent of a garden rake you know the steel one that's really heavy and you can like rake up like uh, a gravel rake yeah you can rake up rocks and stuff with it i needed that equivalent for my hair i needed like the brush and the comb i had were too fine i needed i needed that i should have had you go get the garden rock rake and start through my hair but anyway
2: interestingly to me and me alone uh, cockney rhyming slang for hair is barnet Barnet? Barnet fair hair. And uh, I think the barnet fair was a fair at some time. And uh, so, yeah, you're barnet, they would say in cockney rhyming slang. But uh,
0: my barnet was broke. It was awful. Anyway, I sit here now, half hour later than we were going to record the podcast because I had to get my hair to a point where it was clean. So... We're at that point now, three washings, two conditionings, bunch of brushings. And my hair is once again clean. Do they
2: uh, blow dry your hair after they apply the product yesterday? No,
0: they blue dry it first because when I got there, my hair was a little bit damp. And then they curled it. Actually, they blue dry it, then put some They blue dry in. it? Yes, I need to. Did you have a blue bonnet? I need And to. is
2: everything better with blue bonnet on it?
0: I need to pay closer attention because I was, I was, Cheryl Swoops was also in with me yesterday in studio. So she was sitting next to me. And so I haven't seen her in a little while. So we were just chatting the whole time and catching up. And um, so I wasn't fully paying attention, but I think the process was dry my hair, put a bunch of gook in it, then curl it, and then put a bunch of spray in it. And even like when we're sitting on the set, um, they'll come in and touch up our makeup, which is re- is really nice. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining about getting pampered like this. Um, I just haven't had this hair experience before. And i um, Usually I I catch it in time, and as soon as I see the person coming over with hairspray, I close my computer, I didn't yesterday. So they spray my hair and then I go and touch my computer and it's just like feels like sticky and stuff all over it. Anyway, whatever they were using, it held my hair in place and would have probably for the rest of the week if I had allowed it. Should we share with our listeners the well it could have been a predicament that you that I could have been placed in last week if things hadn't fallen the way they had fallen. So I don't know what you're talking about. I know about. you don't. So our daughter was home. Our daughter's back now at school for summer session, but she was home and uh she wasn't she was when when this thing happened that I'm about to talk about, she was not at work. So she was home with the car that she uses when she's home. Which oh, is fortunate. I know, I know what you're talking about. You know where, about. where I'm gonna go with this. Yeah. So you were going... So
2: should we share this with our listeners? I of guess course. we're doing that.
0: So. Yes, we are. So you were going to pick up – you had the carpool run. You were going to pick up our high schoolers and the other kids who were in part of the carpool. Can I,
2: can I just cut to the chase? Why? Why can't okay, I set go this ahead. up? Okay, go ahead.
0: So you were going to get those kids, and I was going to the grocery store and then to pick up our younger youngest daughter at a different school. And you took my car because you have to have the minivan for the carpool. You need to have um, more seats. And so I was like, all right, I'll take his car to go to the grocery and to pick up our other daughter. So I was l- looked for your keys in the little key bin, and I couldn't find them. And so I texted you, said oh, maybe they're on my dress or wherever, Your my my set of keys. I said, where are my set of keys the spare to your keys. car? Where are the spare keys in the car? I don't know, check here, check there. So I'm running around the house. I can't find it. And at this point, I'm thinking, all right, because I don't leave extra time. If I if I'm planning to go to the grocery store, I'm like, all right, I got 15 minutes at the grocery store. Then we'll get out. of Fortunately, our oldest was home. So I said, I'm going to take the car that you do have to go anywhere You have to go to work. No. She said, just I have I have to work later. So as long as you're back by this certain time and I would be. So I took that car and went to the grocery and then went to pick up our our youngest. And where were, the key, where were the keys to your car?
2: I'm leaning into the microphone like I'm testifying before a congressional committee, yes. but the keys to my car yes. and the spare keys to my car were both in my pocket.
0: Yes, to the car you weren't driving. The you, had a, th- you had a set of keys to the car you were driving and then two sets, the only two sets, to the car you weren't driving.
2: I should have a, a custodian's key ring with, with a million keys on it because I like to have keys to the various cars in my pocket. So no matter what car, which car I get in, I can drive it.
0: Yeah. So this actually makes me think a couple weeks ago when also, I was, Also, also yes.
2: th- th- the pants that I like to wear, uh-huh. one or more fobs usually falls out of my pants while I'm driving into the, into the crevasse between the, the driver's seat and the armrest. Yeah. Irretrievable by-
0: At any point do you consider putting the keys somewhere else. Like I never put my keys in my pockets just for that reason no okay so that this actually makes me think when I was out in LA a couple of weeks ago to do um the first game of the WNBA season I was working with Mark Jones was the play-by-play because Ryan Rugo was doing Yankee stuff and Holly was out there and so we go to the
2: Ryan was doing the Yankees game, the Yankees and, game. and there's nothing I enjoy more by the way than having hearing Ryan do the Montefiore Einstein out of town scoreboard. But but continue.
0: Is that really what it's called? Yes. And that's what he has to say?
2: That's what he gets to say. They're a Yanke- big Yankee sponsor. But anyway, go ahead. Okay.
0: So um so we're at Staples Center. Or no, it's called crypto.com arena. We get our credit. our credentials have been left for us. Like credentials can be kind of a pain in the butt thing, especially ours because they give us access to everything. So anyway, I've got my credentials just on a like a, a little lanyard, but but like a you know, just a piece of paper. So I'm watching, we're watching um, LA practice, and then we go to the back to talk to some players and coach, and then we'll come back to the court area to watch Phoenix practice. The practices are not open to the general media. They're just open um, for ESPN at these practices. So anyway, out there, I can have my credential, whatever. Put my credential on a seat. When we pick up my papers, we're in kind of a uh, hustle rush that's the word I'm looking for. We're in a rush. So I hustle to the back, do the interviews. And when I come back out, I look at my credentials no longer on the chair. So I'm on the ground, looking around. Credentials are kind of a pain to get. so um, But I know I, I haven't lost my credential because it's just not something I do. Just like I don't, tend to lose keys like there are things I lose but there are also things I don't lose and keys I always put my keys in the same spot my credential always in the same spot except in this instance I put it down with my papers and it wasn't there so it's like this is unbelievable watch the next practice same thing I'm looking all over can't find this credential but I'm not freaking out too much because again it's just not something I do to lose a credential so, but I'm going to need one for the game that night. So I ask our producer, can you get me another credential? It's a pain in the butt, whatever. Go back to my hotel room. As I'm opening the door to my room, I get a text from Mark Jones with a picture of my credential. And he said, just pulled this out of my pocket. I I must have picked it up and didn't recognize. And he was right there when I was frantically the whole time. I can't find my credential. Has anybody seen my credential? Like I don't think I lost my credential. I thought I put it right here. It was in it his was pocket. It was in with his pocket. Three sets of car keys the whole time. Yes. So I think I think there's there's types of people. I think there are key losers and key non-losers. Credential losers, credential non-losers. And uh, there are things I will lose. There will things I will certainly forget, but um, not a credential and not keys.
2: I didn't lose uh, my reading glasses that Holly Rowe left here many moons ago, and I've worn ever since, those sort of turquoise mm-hmm. reading glasses mm-hmm. that people sometimes comment on for their startling appearance on my On your noggin. face, yeah. But I haven't had them in my pocket with my car keys. You
0: put it, glasses in your pocket?
2: Reading glasses, because when pants I, I only wear them when I wear contacts, so I can't wear the I can't wear them while I'm. Aren't
0: you afraid they're going to get scratched or something? I would never pair put a pair of glasses in my pants pocket. They're
2: like twelve for a nickel at.
0: That's not the point. Any place. Well, anyway, I didn't ask you how much they cost. I can see putting them in a shirt pocket, but isn't it kind of dangerous to put them in a pants pocket?
2: I don't have a lot of shirt pockets for the sa- that's the same reason I don't I don't carry a slide roll around. What with about me. a
0: glasses case? Would you consider putting them in a glasses case before putting them in your pocket?
2: Well I would now because the glasses bent outward. So when I put them on and wore them for hours, I couldn't figure out what was wrong with them, but then I realized that they had bent in my pocket and were now bent the 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 the, the, the frames themselves were bent away from my face. So the sort of convex, concave, I guess, as you, as you're facing me. And
0: since you can get twelve pairs for a dollar, how many new pairs of you? Well, got
2: no, you can you can get you can get you can get a very nice pair for nothing from Dr. George in Columbus. Our pumpkin manufacturer, yes. who also some time ago sent me a pair of what he described accurately as the Chuck Schumer. Oh, right. model. Yes. And so that's what I've been wearing and they're, they're wonderful and they're, they're, they're flexy so that when I put them in my pocket nothing happens to them.
0: Do you think the people who lose keys I, I, my, are my, the my, same ones who put their glasses in their pants pocket?
2: Well my my, my other, I have a spare pair of reading glasses um, that I also found somewhere, somebody left at our house that, that are brown frames with purple arms or they had purple arms.
0: Oh, I think those might be mine.
2: Well by the time that by the time that I started using them, mm-hmm. there was only one arm Oh, And so uh, so it's hard to hard to hold on to your hard to keep them on your head, but but it works in a pinch. And uh, so anyway,
0: if I gave you a glasses case, would you put your glasses have, in it before putting them in your pocket? The or Sh- no? The
2: Schumers came with the little sleeves, and and I've put them in that. but
0: and the Schumers are nice. You really shouldn't put those in your pants pocket.
2: Oh, I don't like to be the guy who hangs them on my uh, on my T-shirt collar.
0: Why not? You're just at home.
2: Well, even at home, I have standards. Just
0: to keep your glasses safe. Let me
2: rank. Let me rank the my preference in the pocket, on the T-shirt, and last as a last resort on your nose. Solar panels. (laughs) Or no, on the nose is is forget that. Nothing says. Nothing says confused elderly man that I am than having them down Low at the tip of my nose. nose. Hmm. Chain. I guess I could ha- I could wear them on a chain around my neck. That would be a that'd be a, a okay, sweet that's move. That's a great
0: idea. If you're just around the house, I mean, the whole point is that when you need to see and read, you have glasses to put on. You don't want bent glasses. You don't want scratched glasses. You don't want dirty glasses.
2: Let me just recap, okay? Lifetime. Yeah. I've spent, I've, I've invested zero, zero cents
1: okay. in my reading glasses. I, it's not I, about
2: I, Holly that. left a pair here, then I found a pair of one-armed glasses, and then, and then my my pumpkin slash optics supplier sent me these. I understand, but the but
0: the point to me is not the amount of cents that you have spent on glasses. It's the amount of cents that should oh. be common. Oh, wow! That you aren't using. Like I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand how you end up with two sets of keys in your pocket to a car you're not driving. I don't understand how you end up with why you would put your glasses in your pocket unless they're in a case. I just have to, at some point, accept. And I think I do for the most part that I will never understand your brain. But some of this stuff, I I just, just doesn't make sense to me.
2: Well, coming from a woman with uh, the Marge Simpson (laughs) volume of hair. (laughs)
0: Fair enough. I would have
2: accepted that.
0: Okay. Let's go to viewer mail.
1: Apple, our lure, with your viewer mail.
2: Okay, well that was an abrupt transition, but uh I guess here's your hat. What's your hurry? Uh this comes from Julie and her, her header is and I mean, ordinarily, I wouldn't open this email, but but I, I know that Ordinarily, you would not? Like, ordinarily, I would delete did it. you not
0: know who it was from, you mean, or?
2: Well, the header is Wienerwink Wink Dipping.
0: Wiener Wink Dipping? Yes. Oh, yes, because I asked about how you get the condiments on the Wiener Wink.
2: Okay. Greetings, Rebecca and Steve, and this has an illustration, photographic illustration, okay? Greetings, Rebecca and Steve. I was surprised to hear Wiener Winks as the sponsor of Podcast 248. Thank you. Uh, that Wiener Wink money is is just starting to roll into the into the bank account, Rebecca. Yes. Condiments were limited for Wiener Winks back in the mid-70s. Only ketchup, and yes, your only choice was to dip the Wink in the pile of ketchup on your tray. I did a Pinterest search for the recipe, and this seems to be how I remember them. And there's a picture. They're called Wiener Wraps. They just look, Rebecca, you tell me, but they look kind of just like uh, um, uh, Italian bread or something. Yeah, it
0: looks like a, Italian garlic bread that yeah. you would get on the side of... Uh, serving a
2: pasta. Uh, so there's a recipe, wiener wraps All allthingsprovident.blogspot.com. I look forward to a review if you try this recipe. I'm looking forward to watching many WNBA games on TV this summer and possibly a road trip to Minneapolis or Chicago for a live game. Sincerely, Julie in Nebraska.
0: This year you might want to make the trip to Chicago. Minnesota's struggling and I think they might be 0 and 5 now. You know,
2: Chicago lost to Atlanta last night, didn't they? They
0: did, and Minnesota lost to whoever they played. uh, But the light at the end of the tunnel is there very much in the Caitlin Clark slash Paige Becker sweepstakes if they continue to lose the way they have been. Let's see. Minnesota is 0-5.
2: Speaking of recipes, did you post the uh, recipe for Bloomington School Lunch Pizza Burgers? I'm
0: going to, yeah. I I took a picture of it, and we'll post it.
2: Hi, Restiva writes Babs and Mass. It's actually Babs in MA. Nice. Okay.
0: Hello, Babs.
2: Uh, Babs and Mass writes hi, Restiva. There used to
0: be a, a skating rink when I was a kid that we'd go to in Mass called Babs.
2: Really? Mm-hmm. Do you think uh, what? Do you think Babs was the matriarch of?
0: Could have been. And if she was, I'm in my brain. I'm hoping she had a uh, hefty bonnet.
2: When 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 I hear babs in mass, I'm thinking of babs on mass, like just a e
0: n m a s
2: s e. Yeah, it's just a a, a plethora of babses. Mm. Hi, Restiva writes babs in mass. We now know the heights of two generations of the Lobo slash Russian family, but where did all this height start? How tall are slash were your parents, Rebecca? We'll start with you.
0: My father, who is still alive but is shrinking by the minute was 6'5 when when we were born. My mother was 5'11, so both very tall people for, for their era.
2: But as we know from your uh, Henry Louis Gates Finding Your Roots PBS uh, uh, genealogy segment from five years ago or so, there was a massive outlier in your family tree somewhere in Spain in the 1800s.
0: It was the t- tall or short? tall yeah uh i don't know
2: was yes, there was there was a, there was a very, very
0: tall gr- great grandmother who was married to a petite yes, that's man what, i think that's who it was yeah i think that's what you're thinking yeah. of a, a tall great grandmother who was married to a petite man and then my mom's father was um about six five so there's a lot of six five floating around in the gene pool
2: uh my dad five eleven i would say I maybe mean, he was six feet in six his feet heyday. maybe in his heyday uh, and my mom, five eight, five seven, five eight. But all of you, five bro- nine. No, you not have two brothers five, who are. My, my, we we are um, bars of service on a cell phone. So yeah. from youngest to oldest, the brothers. So my youngest brother, six six. I'm six five, six four and a half. I think is what I am at my annual physical without the without the bonnet. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Tom, Tom Tom Dick and Harry Tom Dick and Har, six three, three I think, and then.
0: Then uh, your oldest brother, Jim, 6'2", six, two?
2: Six, two, yeah. And uh my sister is uh not even five feet tall. <laughs> no. What is Amy? She's about five seven, know. maybe? Probably five, five eight? seven, yeah. So So
0: she's tall for a woman as well.
2: Yep. Uh thank you, Babs and Mass. Dear ball plus chain and, and the red plus, I don't know how you get that on the on the uh Honestly? email, but it's nice, yeah.
0: Do you want me to show you? No, I not I'm so, just, I mean, not right now, but at some point. Not really. Yeah, you can change colors. Is okay. it the, the, the plus sign that- It's a, it's a contraband the plus
2: sign. It's a red red cross infringing mm-hmm. a plus sign. Okay. Deerball, and Deerball plus chain, in your discussion of pizza burgers last week, this is from Bomb to Bomb Diggity in Huntersville, North Carolina. Uh, I love it. Bomb to dis- Bomb. In your discussion of pizza burgers last week, I was reminded of a mnemonic for distinguishing stalactites from stalagmites. We, we asked that. We did. Uh, I still don't know the answer, is told to me by my seventh grade science teacher, circa 1978. Stalactite has the letter C and hangs from the ceiling of a cave. Stalagmite has the letter G and they rise from the ground of a cave. Nice. So stalactite ceiling, That's a stalagmite great way ground. to
0: remember it. But the ways teachers impact people's lives forever, that, and now ours.
2: Uh, Absolutely. As for the use of fast food napkins in the house, something more is at stake than the quality of the napkin. According to my genteel Southern Belle of a Wife, no labels on the table.
0: (laughs) Amen. I believe that.
2: Now, My dad used to say, Mabel, Mabel, sweet and able, get your elbow off the table. Mm -hmm. Okay, He would say that to any of us who had their elbow on the table at dinner Mm -hmm. when such a thing still mattered. Mm -hmm. I wish it still did, but I think that ship has sailed. He could have said, or we could still say, Mabel, Mabel, sweet and able, get your labels off the table. Yes. Looking forward to your next episode, Bob de Baum, Diggity and Huntersville. Thank you, Bob. Oh, I'll, still I'll, I'll remember that. still
0: the best name to say, Bob de Baum.
2: I, stalag- I will remember now that stalagmites grow from the ground, the G, and I will remember no labels on the table. Yes. And there must be exceptions, though. Right?
0: No. What would okay. what would you need? Because all your well, food I mean, you should sh- be presented in nice dishes.
2: And- so ketchup is what I'm thinking. You oh. you, you, you you provide the silver tureen of ketchup with a little spoon.
0: Maybe Bob the Bomb Diggity does, or maybe they they apply condiments at it's not at the table elsewhere. You, do you think c- they have it? The do, do you think they have the the, the, uh, the Family
2: Feud game show plunger that you get at the ballpark where you 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 hit the yellow button and and the mustard comes out, and they've denuded the yellow tub of its label. <laughs>
0: I don't think so. I think they have a whole separate condiment station. It's not part of the thing. Well,
2: I think I think Bob and his genteel Southern, or his genteel Southern belle wife will have to inform us. Yes, agreed. Surely the label, proscription, doesn't apply to salad dressing. You're not yeah. decanting uh, You're right. Thousand Island into a-
0: I'm guessing all sauces and dressings are exempt from this rule, but he'll have to tell us if that's accurate.
2: I mean, I applaud it if that's the case. I just, I'm skeptical. Dear Rebecca and Steve, uh, let me apologize in advance for the length of this. This comes from Tom in Missouri, in Clayton, Missouri. The drive-through dairy concept is pretty much what it sounds like. You'd pull up in your car under a canopy alongside the store and I'd come out through the big always open door and take your order. A gallon of milk, a half gallon of orange juice, a loaf of bread, a half gallon of chocolate chip ice cream, run inside, put the order together, bring it out to your car, tell you how much it costs, take your money, go inside, get your change, and you'd be on your way, hopefully in a couple of minutes. We sold beer, but under California law, you had to get out of your car and come inside to buy alcohol. So this is this is Tom who worked the drive-through dairy in Los Angeles as a kid. Do you remember?
0: Yeah, no, I do. I'm, I'm just visualizing my brain. So there was the option of going inside and purchasing things. It doesn't sound like there was an actual drive-up window though. So
2: Tom would come out on roller skates.
0: <laughs> so how would they? How would he be alerted that there was somebody in the parking lot waiting for his services? Wonder if I'm picturing like a when you take your car in to get service and you drive up to the door and, and it opens.
2: Dings. There's a little strip or, that or, yeah that goes ding
0: on yeah something. I'll need to find out how. How did he know that there were customers waiting? In I don't know. But
2: lot. you you will you will you also asked about the the armed robbery, they experienced. Yes. The armed robbery concept is also pretty much what it sounds like. The person would come into the store. Sometimes they'd pull the gun on you right away. Sometimes they'd buy something so you'd have to open the cash register while they were standing right next to you. And when you opened the register, they'd pull a gun and demand the money. Since it was a convenience store and we had to go in and out a couple hundred times a day, the cash register was out in the open. So there was nothing between you and the robber or between you and the gun. Not to detract from the jovial nature of your mail, but the time... The time I had to kneel down while the robber pointed the gun at the back of my head is one I could very easily do without. I remember Oof. I was able to say both an "Our father and an act of contrition before he left.
0: That's awful.
2: I chuckled at Rebecca's suggestion that my parents should have hired someone else after the first robbery. It was the exact opposite. After my first robbery, my dad told me that when you fall off the horse, you need to get right back on it and go to work the next day. I recall my service the next day not being the friendliest as they expected everyone to pull a gun on me. I literally threw the change at one guy who I hadn't seen before. From time to time, my dad would hire someone else to work there, but they would inevitably quit after their first robbery, which was not an option my brothers and I had. So robberies usually meant more time spent there, not less.
0: That's unbelievable.
2: I, I, Tom, this should all be put down in a in a memoir. This is This is incredible. One other incident not involving a gun stands out, writes Tom. Of One of the things you occasionally had to do was scrape the accumulated frost off the inside walls of the ice cream freezer, since mm-hmm. the door to that got opened often when kids were buying popsicles. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine, this is also a place where kids are buying popsicles. It's, it's a Norman Rockwell meets, you know, right. um, Quentin Tarantino. You'd scrape the frost off with a flat wooden spoon into a large metal dustpan And one day I did this and had a lot of snow and wondered if I could make snowballs, something you didn't get to do in Southern California. So I made one and threw it at the trash can out back, then decided to increase my distance and throw one at the service bay doors at the gas station beyond the KFC. Then I thought, I wonder if I can throw one across the street. I waited for traffic to clear and threw one, but I hadn't packed it well enough and it split in two not long after leaving my hand and didn't fly as far as I'd hoped. Meanwhile, a car had unexpectedly turned the corner and my brain immediately did the math and figured part of the snowball was going to hit it, which it did, on the rear window. I decided I should probably stop throwing snowballs and I was going to dump the remaining snow in the drain outside, and as I walked out the door holding a dustpan filled with snow, I came across an angry driver of the car who had made record time in getting outside the door. I can't remember the details of what he said or what he looked like, but I very much remember the axe handle. Thankfully, with no blade, he was waving at me. The handle was taped and there were scratches on it that made it clear he had used this before. Since I was standing there holding a dustpan full of melting snow, dripping in a puddle at my feet, it was difficult to deny deny my involvement. I was working alone on a Sunday afternoon, so fleeing wasn't an option. And I was a scrawny 17-year-old, so fighting wasn't an option either. I quickly determined the best option to defuse a situation where this guy was eager to start clubbing me. Graveling. That was apparently sufficient, and he went away. Ah, the childhood memories, Tom in Clayton, Missouri. Wow. The the uh, I think that the the exclamation mark on this incredible uh, memories here is the Clayton, Missouri part. Notice he's no longer Tom in Los Angeles.
0: Right, right. Maybe Clayton, Missouri is slightly safer. Is that what you're implying? I'm just
2: thinking that maybe. Uh, while wow, this was an invaluable uh, experience he had growing up that uh maybe revisiting it less frequently is a way of coping with uh mm. all of this but what an, what i mean honestly what a what a what a eventful uh work life yes and child labor thank you tom fantastic. Uh, Bob writes, Restiva, Bob from Glenview, whose work has just changed to Elmhurst, birthplace of this guy. Yeah. Elmhurst General Hospital. Uh, Bob from Glenview writes, uh, as Steve was struggling for an example of the difference between fewer and less, and I, I do think I was struggling, I began screaming in my car on my way to aforementioned Elmhurst. My example, which I frequently use to due to people's misuse, is you have fewer quarters and less money. You don't have less quarters and fewer money. It's a great example, a great pithy example. Mm -hmm. You have fewer quarters and less money. Stalagmites, with a G, grow from the ground. No labels on the table. I mean, I'll remember all of these things.
0: Good. And you'll, while both sets of keys are in your pocket, you'll be remembering all of this. I'll be
2: remembering the important stuff. (laughs) Enjoy your pod. Keep it up. Bob, thank you, Bob. and uh matt from fisher's island mfi the notorious mfi writes hello steve and rebecca i loved steve's story about breaking and entering into jim brown's estate in la incredible rockhead johnson is that not the ultimate flintstone character name oh completely totally. and in fact here is a uh, looks like one of fred's uh, benevolent order of uh, water buffalo fraternity mates he he attaches as a picture. I did a bit of research to see if there were any characters with similar names. Sure enough, there was. I present to you Joe Rockhead. Friend to both Fred and Barney. Joe was a volunteer firefighter. Well, there he is. Nice. Joe Rockhead. Uh all the best. Matt from Fisher's Island, your resident. Yep. A volunteer firefighter. Thank you, Matt. How about that? It all comes together. And uh and it all leads to one inevitable place, Rebecca, and that is.
0: All roads lead to Dr. Gary Siegel.
2: All roads lead to Dr. Gary Siegel. At one time all roads led to Rome. Now all ro- and and occasionally that does happen on the on the Grand Prix circuit. Dr. Siegel's beloved uh Formula 1, but not right now. We're getting to well, DGS. It was,
0: um, Indy 500. That was the big one this week, right?
2: Yes, but that's not Formula 1. That's it's not? that's IndyCar. I mean, Indy as car the name, is as the name implies. Yeah, oh it's all Open wheel racing, but don't. I mean, I'm I'm out of my depth already. Okay, I'll stop. I have been to I'll the. Just Indy, I have covered the Indy 500. Uh, I slept on the floor of a Howard Johnson that was charging, I think, five hundred dollars a night in Speedway, Indiana. Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes Doctor Gary Siegel. I love the baseball scoring designation EDGS and hope to increase my fielding percentage over the course of the next few podcasts. Sunday, 5.28 was a huge day in auto racing with the Monaco Grand Prix, Rebecca, and the Indy 500. There we go. And choosing which podcast to listen to while exercising today was a bit tough as my normal Sunday habit is to watch and or listen to the podcast from three Sunday morning news shows. But with racing and Tuesday fast approaching, let's just say that Jake Tapper, uh, Dana Bush, and Fareed Zakaria were all placed on the back burner to my favorite podcast, and I was not disappointed. A few things of note as I type away on yet another Monday night. With Dr. Well, Dr. Siegel, I appreciate that. You uh, you uh, forego, for, forewent that murderer's, murderer's row of political podcasts to listen to ours. One, there really have been too many doctor TV shows with psychiatrists, but I note that on Chicago Med, which Mrs. DGS watches, Actor Oliver Platt plays Dr. Charles, the head of psychiatry at the hospital. Keen Viewer will recall that he also had a role as Oliver Babish, the White House counsel in The West Wing. I For, loved The West Wing, so not, I'd
0: remember, I remember him. Am I pronouncing his
2: surname correctly? Yes. B-A-B-I-S-H? Yes. Now, we've had Babs in Mass and Oliver Babish. I would think that Babs in Mass is also Babish, since she is, in fact, a Babs, right? Perhaps. That was number one. Two, Rebecca asked which sections of the newspaper I read. In my typical OCD fashion, this is DGS on OCD, I read the the AJC, the Atlanta Journal Constitution, from Section A to Section D in order. For the NY, for the New York Times, I tend to focus on news stories that are the main topics and quickly go to the letters to the editor and editorials, selectively choosing which editorials to read. Three Wiener Winks. Pigs in a blanket are a mainstay appetizer for Jewish weddings and bar mitzvahs before lunch or dinner. And the server usually has on the tray toothpicks, ketchup, and mustard in dipping bowls. Never double dip. The Ketchup is usually Rebecca in silver tureens, yes. yeah. devoid of labels.
0: Mm-hmm. Just thinking the same thing.
2: In recent years, I mean, the, the problem with the, these and and uh, you know this you've got the hors d'oeuvre. You've some. I always take the napkin at these fancy soirees. And the tooth, and then once you've once you've eaten the thing off the toothpick, you've got the napkin and the toothpick, right? Right. And you never, and you're occasionally looking for one of those circular trays where people have left empty right. drinks and mm-hmm. napkins and stuff. I always end up, they always end up in my pants pocket, a, a toothpick wrapped in a napkin, alongside my multiple sets of car keys and my various uh, reading Poking glasses. At your glasses, yeah. yeah. In recent years, writes Dr. Siegel, more upscale events have ditched this mainstay, but I still yearn for them. We're quite close to a first cousin of mine, and our children grew up together. While they are all millennials and remain provisional adults, the youngest is unmarried, but in a serious relationship. I have been lobbying her mother for pigs in a blanket at the yet-to-be-planned wedding. I I like that. uh, I like it too.
0: And then also the lobby for the receptacle for the toothpick and the napkin.
2: Yes, otherwise you just leave them in a potted plant on your way through the lobby. You. After lobbying for them, mm-hmm. four. I hope that using the term common term spinal tap as opposed to lumbar puncture will not be scored in EDGS. I tend to use common language and try to avoid med speak when dealing with most patients and non medical people. I think that's a flex by Doctor Siegel saying I know they're called a lumbar puncture in the medical community, but I'm speaking oh, to speaking to uh, us lay peons, people. Yes. Or us peons, as you so eloquently put it. Mm. 5. Pizza burgers at lunch, a staple in the TEP house at UNC Chapel Hill in the mid-70s. So pizza burgers, I think like uh, other wonderful things, were a phenomenon of the 1970s. Mm. 6. Baby report. As of this note, one TOLAC delivery, and he he provides a pronunciation key, T-O-E-L-A-C-K, but but spelled out in all caps T-O-L-A-C. As of this note, one toe delivery, which is a vaginal birth, after a prior cesarean. Did not know that. Baby boy and mom are well, and he did have a circumcision. My fingers are crossed for a quiet night. Seven, race report. Monaco Grand Prix. Monaco, Rebecca. The, the romance, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the apotheosis the of Formula One. Mm-hmm. Qualifying is always key here, as overtaking is quite difficult on this narrow track with few opportunities to overtake. The vistas of the French Riviera are breathtaking, and the in-car camera views are spectacular. Fernando Alonso in the Aston almost got pole, and had he done so, he likely could have held off Max Verstappen for a well-deserved 33rd F1 victory.
0: Say that again? Almost got pole?
2: Pole position. Oh, okay. The Red Bull is just a much better car than all others, and it is my opinion that Alonso, while 41, is likely the best driver on the track. Okay. Is,
0: is that old for a racer?
2: Well, I mean, you know, I think it's old for a driver in general. I'd like to be off the road at this point.
0: (laughs) And all of their races are during the day, right?
2: No. Some of them are night races, floodlit, uh, but Monaco is during the day. Kudos to Frenchman Esteban Ocon, who finished on the podium in P3 after Alpine team boss admonished the team publicly after the last race in Miami. Lastly, as is often the case, tire with a wise strategy and went to pit stop played a major role in the outcome as rain began to fall towards the end and Alonso and his team chose dry weather tires, not intermediates, wets, as did Verstappen in that call, made with the best information possible and by the team and Fernando retrospectively was not the correct one. It's always a big Formula One thing, which, which tires, tires to use. Alonso is incredibly intelligent and aware of the cars around him, much more so than many other drivers, and he and the team simply guessed wrong. B, Mercedes brought upgrades and had a double points finish, as did McLaren, but again, all of these teams are at least a half second down from the Red Bulls. McLaren had a special livery to celebrate 60 years since their cars have won F1 World Championships, Le Mans, and multiple Indy 500s. You know, the the, the only, uh, I realize it's part of the fascination with F1 is you know, the construction of the car, but when the car is that much better than the rest of the field, it feels to me less uh, less compelling and less less of a, Sporting event.
0: What's kind of interesting too is how Dr. Siegel said he guessed wrong when it came to the tires, because in sports, well, at at least sports that don't involve machines, um, it's amazing how little like guessing is even involved anymore. And um, I'm just thinking, like, if you go to a college or pro practice basketball, athletes are wearing contraptions on themselves and there's somebody monitoring the amount of force their body is absorbing that day. Um, not only how, you know, the speed that they're going and the, the amount of space that they're covering, but the force. And so like their force load. So might be three quarters of the way through a coach's planned practice and they're told um, she's reached her force load for the day or she's reached her force load for the week or she's reached like she, she's done or we're gonna have to pull her out of this drill because it's, it's, I mean, it's just so different. Well no, from... similarly all of these cars
2: are transmitting, you know, all kinds of information uh, back to their Right, their right. Teams. That's why it's like right. I you know, I wonder because a lot of it is won in the off season when they're building building that car you and just... then they see how it goes.
0: And has it made it that much better? Like has it made I mean, I never wore anything like that, um, when I was playing. You just practiced until your body stopped working right. or your coach told you practice was over. And like you know, cars before I, they could you know send out that kind of th- data. It's just kind of. I think of we're seeing
2: you know uh, this is related to this topic, but it's in a slightly different direction. With the Celtics losing, and you know just looking completely gassed, some would say disinterested, but I think they they're worn out. The Bucks losing to the Heat before them. These teams that that uh, expend a lot of energy and effort to. Be great during the 82-game regular season in the NBA. Look a little worn out in what is essentially a postseason tournament, the playoffs. And, you know, obviously everybody's trending to playing less, you know, less wear and tear, storing stuff up for the playoffs. That's a big problem as far as I'm concerned. Well,
0: But there's another side of it, too, because you've got, you know, the whole load management conversation, you know, it's a long season or even a college season, your performance in March is going, you have to have your body ready for that. But at the same time, like when practices are really hard and coaches are allowed to make it really hard physically, and you still figure out a way to make a shot when you're exhausted or do the right thing when you're physically and mentally exhausted, you're learning how to do that for when the moment is big in March or in the NBA playoffs or whatever so if there were probably plenty of times when I was in college or after that where if I had been wearing some sort of contraption my body would it would have said get her off the court she's reached her limit but those are the moments where you learn how to do some of those things successfully when you're completely depleted so like would the Celtics have Made more threes when they were exhausted in Game Seven. If there hadn't been load management, I don't, I, right. I don't no. know. It's just, just a whole interesting, I think, um, conversation in the way things are shifting in sports.
2: But as with a Major League Baseball um, and others, you know, the NHL, it, it's the it's different in the Premier League in European soccer where you win the league, your domestic league, you win. You know. So Man City sewed it up a couple of matches ago. They continue to play the rest of the season. But the season is all that matters because there is no right. playoff. It's it's clearly a much more, uh, well, much of, a, more of a meritocracy there.
0: That, that's one of the things I love about the WNBA is the season is so short. It, this year, it's the longest it's ever been. It's 40 games. But it's so short. Um, In the past, in particular, when it's 36 games or prior to that, 32 games, every game truly mattered just to make the playoffs. And then um, we don't have this anymore, but it used to be the top two seeds got a bye in the first round and could rest like there was truly incentives for almost every regular season game because the season short. You just don't see that in a sport that plays 82 games or... 82 regular season games. Regular season, exactly.
2: Because to fans and... Um, you know, to the children, these are games being played to see who wins and who will uh, advance and who will win a championship. But in reality, they're played to fill as many television windows and right. arenas as possible to make as much money as, as well, they can even, for everybody involved. But
0: I was thinking while I was watching game seven between the Celtics and Miami, the teams had played two days before. They'd played, what was it, Tuesday? Um, what was the day of the week they played? They played two days before in Miami had f- had a day. They oh,
2: played on Saturday and then again on Monday. I mean,
0: okay, so they play Saturday in Miami, fly Sunday or, or Saturday night or whatever, and then play Monday. Is that what's best for the spectator, for the athlete, for anybody? Of course not. It's what's best for TV. That's when the best TV window was, so that they could start the finals in the same time. So I was thinking that watching the game because it was not a well played.
2: No, it, you know, neither was the previous game. It was a super exciting and incredible finish, but neither team but appeared but to want to win game be six.
0: Exhausted, I mean, they're of playing every are. other day in different cities.
2: Of course they are, and there were these ludicrous uh, kind of uh, social media postings uh, and news stories that um, going into game seven that well, Miami Heat have reserved a chartered airplane to fly them to Denver. You know the arrogance, the the nerve. People are really. so just. Not they, smart. they 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 reserved a plane in case they have to play again in Denver in the NBA Finals. Of it would have been a news story had they not done that. You, what were they going right. to do? Walk? I know it's so. so They've like, also booked hotel rooms.
0: This this used to be the thing in the WNBA. Um, there, uh, it wasn't a true bracket. You know, they what's it called when they like reshuffle?
2: A round robin or a
0: no. Um, Re-seeding. They would reseed after the first round. So so a team, um, say in the first round of the playoffs, would have to have three flight scenarios. They would have to have returning, if they lost, returning to, to, to their home city. If they won, playing Team X... At their place, or if they won, playing Team Y at their place. So it was the hardest part of the job because in the WNBA you don't they, you don't charter. They do. They it's new this year that they will in the playoffs. So instead of just having one plane, they would have have all these commercial tickets booked. Um, of course, they have to have that done, just like they had to have a a flight ready to go to Denver. It's all silly.
2: I mean, it'd be a new story if they hadn't. Uh, Dr. Siegel notes the, it, it, the Indy 500, Arrow McLaren had three cars in the top 10, but couldn't pull out a win. Roger Penske, the captain, saw his team win its 19th Indy 500. He now owns the track, literally. The end of the race featured several red flags and restarts due to accidents. And the winner, American Joseph Newgarden, Joseph with an F, was decided in a two-lap sprint. Kudos to the engineers. Uh, Dr. Siegel says, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that after a fatal shunt in F1 in 2015, both IndyCar and F1, devised robust head protection in case a car was upside down. There was a terrible-looking crash at Indy, yet the protection system did its job, and the driver emerged unscathed. Finally, at number 10, Dr. Siegel asks, is your oldest home for the summer? And pray tell, what are the children doing this summer? Do the older ones have jobs? All the best with no proofreading. Too much else to do. Gary, Gary, uh, (laughs) please don't don't waste a moment proofreading. Yes. Um,
0: Our oldest daughter was home for... Three weeks.
2: Yeah, then she went.
0: That's all she could tolerate, and she had a job while she was home. And then she went back to school for summer session. New
2: dorm for a month. Yeah,
0: and uh, also has multiple jobs at school, which is got at least three jobs. Yes,
2: next oldest will be getting a job. She's still in school. High school is not out yet, except for those who have graduated.
0: Yes, and then um, the fourteen-year-old. Eh, we probably won't make him get, the, get Well, I
2: mean, job. I was working at 13. It was an OSHA violation, I'm sure, but I was working in the Twins and Vikings games uh, we'll, we'll at 13. We'll put
0: him to work around the house. Our youngest, our 12-year-old's really good if you ask her to do we'll something. We'll put us to work around the house. What's that? Our 12-year-old will put yes, us to work she, around the house. Usually, at least how we did it with our oldest, is 16, especially once you have your license. Um, the expectation is that you get a job.
2: That's all I have, Rebecca?
0: That's all <laughs> I have. Thank well, pro- you to Tom, Dick, and Hari. producer Denny, producer Denny, Galliver and, Denny
2: uh, Galliver? D- Gallagher.
0: Denny Gallagher? Gallagher.
2: I thought you said Denny Gallagher. I may have. Gallagher's Travels.
0: i tripping over my tongue a little bit today. So Tom, Dick, and Hari, play us out.
1: <laughs> Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. Road might twist and turn a bit But we all arrive intact Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad Having each other's back Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and the family pet Live in cuckoo nest did grind puts sanity to a daily test And driving us this what While we give For a little rest Stay by day Just to keep it sane Who's the ball And who's the chain It's hard to tell Right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell Right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell Right here on Happiness Lane